Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He's Jared Pugar. I am Alex Stump. Jared, how's it going, man? It's great. It's uh, Thanksgiving this week. Pirates, of course, got into some things on Thanksgiving Eve and even earlier in the week because what's a holiday without Pirates transactions? You know what? Yeah, it's almost amazing that news didn't break, you know, a couple hours later. But yes, a couple bits of news from this past week a couple one-year signings yoshi sutsugo is coming back to the parts this was probably the most predictable move it, it just made so much sense for both sides yoshi was looking for a one-year prove-it deal he got it it's a one-year four million dollar contract still needs to pass the physical and all that good stuff so it hasn't been officially announced yet but that has happened the other one was a little more off the wall but it kind of makes sense. Uh, the the Jose Quintana signing for a one-year, $2 million contract hasn't been explicitly said if he is going to be a starter, if he is going to be a reliever. I have to imagine if he's signing this early for such a modest amount, he's at least been given a word that he'll be, you know, able to compete for a starting position. And looking at the rotation, it seems like there would be one. Jerry, I want to throw it to you here before we dive into far end which player is going to have the bigger impact on the 2022 parts jose quintana or yoshi Sutsugo? Well, well that's tough because i think Sutsugo is an everyday everyday player um obviously yeah. would you would think that he would have the most impact on the roster on the lineup every day that he's he's in there but to me i think it's quintana because the biggest thing for me is his the intangibles right he's a lefty he's a veteran and i think that's exactly what this bullpen needs he's a veteran that's not just solely been in the Pirates organization. He's a veteran that's been all over the place, especially of late. So he's been in a couple of different organizations. He's had sustained success for the most part, but this is a guy that I think really, really can, the guys can pick his brain and really just kind of lean on that leadership, which is something that um, the Pirates staff really, really needs. Yeah, they do need someone like that. And I, I like, like how we could kind of view him as a reliever also right now, because at some point Contreras is going to come up and he's going to need a rotation spot. And, you know, maybe someone struggles or someone gets hurt and, you know, that's resolved that way. But Yuhure is also going to need a spot at some point. Max mm-hmm. Kranich is also going to need a spot at some point. I, I get why you need starter depth. I get why you need it, especially early in a season. 
So uh, that all makes sense. Quintana could slide into the bullpen later in the year. That's good. It, it gives them some options right now. This is kind of, I don't think it's quite a Tyler Anderson tr- signing, but there's definitely some Tyler Anderson inspiration behind here. And as I wrote for the mound visit, bad year. Very, he did not have a good year last no, year, not a, as not you would expect all. from someone who signs a one-year, $2 million contract with a last-place team in November. He did not have a good year. There are some things you can latch on to, the whiff rate, the strikeout rate, the fact that he was getting chases out of the zone, like all, all that, some good stuff. I don't know if there is a, a quick way to fix him. I don't know if it's a, oh, yeah, you just have to sit or stand back on the first base side of the rubber, even though you're standing on third base side or, or more center cuts for more 2021. I, maybe you change grips again. Maybe you do a lot of different things. As a guy you just throw up against the wall, it makes sense. I, I don't blame anyone if they would have rather hung on to a prospect or something, but there is always going to be a couple signings like this. So they can't all, all those roster spots can't go to prospects. We went further in depth with that last week. So it's Jose Quintana is not going to set the world on fire. I think he'll be fine for what he is. Yoshi is the boomer bus guy for me. I still have some reservations. I've written about his struggle with the fastball. We all know how he is as a fielder. The Pirates view him as a first baseman primarily. I wonder if that's going to end up being just more of a DH, depending on what the future of Colin Moran and Mason Martin are. He's on a prove-it deal. The dude has confidence in himself. Like, of all the things you can say about Yoshi, or I can say, you know, I'm worried about this. I, I feel like there's concern about this. He believes in himself. That's why he went into this offseason specifically looking for a one-year deal. The Pirates can guarantee him playing time. The Pirates can, you know, guarantee him a chance to play for a contender at the end of the year. If he's succeeding, of course, he would end up being traded at the deadline. It, it just made too much sense for him to not go anywhere else, and which is why, you know, this entire time, Pirates just it, – it, it's good that they got it done before the inevitable lockout. It's, it was not at all surprising. The Pirates were always the front runner. They were always the favorite to bring him back. Yeah, I mean, this is just an all, all button formality, um, getting him signed. And, and I'm glad that they did, too. And I mean, and when your $4 million is, uh, is very, you know, it's a very inexpensive deal for a guy that could really provide some value to the lineup and in the field. And, you know, it, it does kind of put in that question, what do they do with Colin Moran? Um, and Mason Martin. I mean, I think obviously it's clear that Mason Martin, if he's not selected in the rule five draft, and I really don't think that he will be, to be perfectly honest, um, he's going to clear, he's going to start in triple a and see where he's got, see where he's at and see what happens. And if there is a DH or when there is a DH, then, Hey, you know, you have some options. Um, but I am very curious to see what this means for Colin Moran moving forward um, as well. But you know what? They're low risk, high reward signings. Um, and Hey, Let's see what happens. You know, this is, I think, another bridge year to, to 2023. Um, so this is, hey, see what see what these guys can do and and see see what happens. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I would call them high reward. I think it's medium reward for, for both at best. But it's definitely low risk for both. The focus is definitely on the young kids in the system that will start to come up in on 2023. And as for Colin Moran... Yeah, I, 
I don't want to date this podcast too much. I wouldn't be shocked if he's non-tendered, you know, next week. It's one of those just looking at everything. It's it's he's in an iffy spot at the moment. Like and honestly, if they would have put Mason Martin on the 40-man roster, I think Kyle Moran would be gone next week. Like, no questions asked with Yoshi mm-hmm. in the bank. But that's not the case. I think the Oakland Athletics are the type of team that would roll the dice on a Mason Martin because they are trading away Matt Olson inevitably this offseason. They have roster spots to give. They could just throw him at that first base DH spot to see what happens. I don't think it's a given that he's going to get through. I know not a lot of first basemen get selected and drafted. And, you know, there even if he does, there's a chance he could come back to the Pirates organization after that. There's a lot of stuff like that. But I, I, not one of those guys who's just like, oh, he's just going to be able to pass through right now. I think there's a very legitimate chance the Pirates are losing their only first base prospect of note at the moment. And first base, just in general, is very thin because you have Colin Moran, who is coming off of a 0.0 war season. You've got Yoshi Tsutsugo, who had six or seven really good weeks with the Pirates, but mm-hmm. was designated for assignment twice. And now you have Mason Martin, who could go rule five. There, That position is just full of question marks and holes and that's not particularly good to see at this point of of the rebuild because like you said 2023 is whenever this team should start showing teeth whenever they should have a lot of these guys up in the major leagues whenever they should start you know punching back a little bit who plays first base because of 2023 if mason martin's gone there's basically no one yeah uh that can be, you know, and that's a position where you need to be strong at um, if you want to be any good. Yeah. So, I you mean, need some thump. You need some offense from that position. Right. And they didn't really get that from Colin Moran uh, for the most part last season. And they really haven't, you know, Josh Bell had that really, really good first half a couple of years ago, but they haven't really got, they haven't maximized first base. Um, and that's a position that needs to be a strength. That's a position that needs to matter. But, you know, maybe that's the, the role Satsuka could go. But, you know, it, it's kind of like Pedro Serrano, although the opposite. He has trouble with the fastball, not necessarily the off-speed pitch. What was the last time the Pirates got great first base play outside of that, you know, first half of the season from Josh Bell? Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm lowering the bar to even just good. Like, Well, it wasn't Pedro Alvarez. It wasn't Pedro Alvarez. Could, could we – qualify Garrett Jones is that if it's not Garrett Jones are we going all the way back to a Matt Stairs or Kevin Young at that point like this position has been barren for the Pirates full of platoons full of just wandering people (laughs) veterans and just not a good position going on and I I'm not saying Mason Martin is this superstar prospect or a sure bet but he is a prospect, but he is a prospect. And had. I think he was zeroing in on some things that, that get better at baseball camp that were, I, I was legitimately surprised the way they talked about him down there that he wasn't ended up selected. Yeah. I mean, legitimately I, surprised as somebody that got to see him play throughout the majority of the season, you know, yeah, he, he kind of fell off towards the end of the year. And I think that's kind of normal. What was expected given the fact that this is a full-time or full season last year, you you can simulate all you want, but it just does not amount to the real thing. So I, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see how the next few weeks and, and really how the World Five draft kind of 
happens because I'm, I'm very interested to see if somebody does take a flyer on a guy that could hit 30 home runs, but it's going to strike out a hundred and some odd times. In this day and age, you, you could find a way to dash to use that guy. You can. Exactly. And the pirates are, you know, leaving him vulnerable. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens, but we're going to talk about some other power hitters when we come back in the second segment here on the Pirates Podcast to be named later on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Podcasting Network. I am Jared Perger. He's Alex Stump. Alex, the moment we've all been waiting for this offseason, the Hall of Fame ballot was released earlier this week. And man, is it fun to talk about that. No, this is going to be a miserable, miserable, joyless year. There, there are no winners this year. There are only losers. We all lose. This is the worst. This is what 10 years of shaking your fist at the sky about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. This is what it has, this is what you reap and sow. This is it. This is it. And we're restarting the cycle again with an Alex Rodriguez and a David Ortiz. And this is just going to be the most joyless, absolutely no good could possibly come from it ballot. I think maybe a baseball history. Yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is an interesting ballot for kids, especially people our age, right? Because these are all guys that we saw grow up and that yeah. we've played. Or that not that we've played, but we've watched play. We watched their careers unfold really from the beginning. I mean, uh, uh, Bonds is on there. Mark Burley's on there. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's Lord and Savior, A.J. Burnett, is on there. Um, no, he isn't. Yes, he is. Oh, I'm sorry. AJ. It's 2021. Um, yeah. But, you know... You have guys like Tory Hunter, Jeff Kent, um, Andy Pettit. There are a lot of good names, but there are a lot of, you know, interesting names for the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, look, there's absolutely – the only argument against Bonds and Clemens is that, oh, they, they use steroids, and it's like everyone – they did it at a time. Like, Let's be perfectly I, honest, right? Steroids saved baseball. 1998 stayed in the home run chase. We, we, we can't baseball. pretend. We can't pretend that without steroids, that without them turning a blind eye, this is, some, this is a problem that Major League Baseball itself oh my created. God. And now 20-something years later, we have to play the, the moral authority. Yeah, over it. Like, come on. Like, let's let's not pretend our pretend kid ourselves. I mean, I think in the seventies should... and eighties, it was in meth- it was amphetamines. So, yeah. it's pick your poison. Yeah. Which which would you rather worse? Like, you know, greenies. You want, you Almost gr- everyone took greenies. Yeah. Right. Do you want greenies uppers or do you want steroids? Because, you know, those guys are they made it to the to the Hall of Fame. But these guys that helped save the game of baseball that that coming out of a strike, they saved the game of baseball with nineteen ninety eight. And listen, I remember being a kid. I was eight years old at the time you know, or seven years old, watch listening to Mark McGuire's, you know, record setting home run at the time on the radio. It, you know, it, it just kind of captivated an entire nation um, and really made baseball 
you know, something to fall back in love with. And then, you know, then the moral authority came apart and came of age in the, in the early 2000s. And, and Barry Bonds, say what you want. Steroids do not help you hit a baseball. They help you recover. They help you add strength. They do not help you hit a baseball or help, help you hit a curveball. And you can even look at base, Barry Bonds and, and really two different careers, right? Pre-San Francisco Giants, pre-steroids Barry Bonds, um, and then post. And, and you still, to me, I, is, you know, I still think he's a Hall of Famer. I do too. You I know, do too. And Roger Clemens. I mean, Roger Clemens was a stud. He threw a bat. He threw a sharp object at Mike Piazza. Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason why this this draft is just so horrible, also, is because so many of these, the Omar Vizquel's of of this draft, like Roger Clemens, what he is accused. Of doing what Omar Vizquel is accused oh, of doing, yeah. they're, 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 terribly they're, different things. Yes. Yeah, like, I mean, off the field for Roger Clemens, I'm not even talking steroids there. I, I'll keep the podcast G, but if if you Google some stuff, you're it's it's bad. It's it's horrific. It's Omar Vizquel. My my God, that was just absolutely terrible. The news that we've seen come out over the last couple months, like. But we, there is a lot of, a lot of horrible acts done to, uh, to people, to to minors, acts of bigotry that are on this ballot. <laughs> you know, just yeah. I mean, it's it, it's, it's a very ugly ballot. There's this just, is there's just nothing good about this ballot. I I I vote for Scott Rowland. Who is a saint compared to so many of these other people who could potentially yeah. be I mean, in I, one that's, day? That's what's tough, right? Because, you know, how much do you value the ball player over the character, over the person? Um, because obviously these guys are on here as ball players for reasons, right? But as human beings, you know, you, there is a moral high ground. There is a moral authority. And, I mean, you look at, look at some of these guys – you know, if they were up against anybody else, would there be even a, cho- a choice at, at this? Um, you know, so I'm, I'm very interested to see how this plays out because this is going to be the most interesting, I think, election uh, process of all time. You know, yeah. I, I mean, there are, don't get me wrong. There are flawed individuals that are in the Hall of Fame. And if you do, and then that's going back to the Hall of Fame's inception, right? There's some pretty not good people oh yeah there are to put it like like we're not going to pretend that you know ty cobb was a good dude or steve carlton was a good dude like there were some legitimately bad people in the hall of fame right yeah and i think i get the argument for well that doesn't excuse why you could add another one into it i'm i'm personally if if we're talking about ideal ideal it is the baseball hall of fame I would view someone's contributions on the baseball field as the only barometer for said Hall of Fame. But since we have really opened up this can of worms, there are, there are people that on this ballot that are, as baseball players, absolutely worth it, but not. And I, I guess I should say, because it always comes back, oh, you don't agree with like a, a Kurt Schilling's politics. It's like, no, I don't agree with bigotry. That's not politics. That's not a political stance right there. Right there. It's, 
as a baseball player, there is absolutely no question Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer. And you know what the wonderful thing is, Jared, is we've had this horrible, horrible, horrible debate for as long as we possibly can. 10 years. Why did we do this to ourselves? If we would have just ripped off the Band-Aid in 2012, we would have been done with this. We would have been done with this. Instead, we get to talk about it every freaking year. I am tired of talking about so much of this stuff. I just would, nothing would make me happier than to not have to talk about Barry Bonds every damn year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, baseball accolades, I don't, I mean, base, Barry Bonds should be in, in my opinion. We've yes. talked about that before, right? I mean, and this is the last year on his, like, think about this, ba- the Baseball Hall of Fame. I understand what Pete Rose did, but in, only in baseball could you have the best hitter, the hit king and the home run king, nowhere near the, home, the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That is absurd to me. That, now, I understand. Pete Rose, banned for baseball, banned from the Hall of Fame, banned from baseball, whatever. I get that. But, like, the two two of the premier spots, the hit king and the home run king, not in the Hall of Fame, I think, to me, is a travesty. I, I, I would advocate Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame after he's dead. Like, he made his deal to avoid prison time, and that's why he's not in the Hall of Fame, and he shouldn't be able to, you know, get off scot-free about that. But you can't tell the story of baseball history without Pete Rose. So after he passes, I I put him in. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy that deserves to be there. I mean, just looking at this ballot, right? It's 2022. um, You know, Bonds, Clemens, Sammy Sosa, and Kurt Schilling are all in their final year on the ballot. I think, if anything, Sammy Sosa is probably the least likely to be in the Hall of Fame out of those three. Um, And he's probably the least flawed as far as as far as his character goes no yeah he just took steroids <laughs> i mean that's yeah i mean he's changed colors but i mean that's a genetic that was, that was a that was a skid issue he had. right um yeah. but i mean you know it's tough and then you look at first year candidates you got um you know carl crawford prince fielder ryan howard uh tim linscombe justin morneau joe nathan jonathan Papelbon, jake peavy uh aj Przinski, a rod uh, Jimmy Rollins, Mark Teixeira, Billy Wagner, or I'm sorry, not Billy Wagner. Um, Billy Wagner's on the list. Someone yeah, he is, he is on the, the list. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, Billy Wagner to me is a no-brainer. He was one of the best closers of all time, and he, he did so in the shadow of Mariano Rivera. Um, yeah. You know, Tim Linscombe is, I think, this generation's Terrell Davis. That's like, a comp. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he was – Right, he was – on top of his game for about five minutes and he was a stud during the season in the postseason won championships and then that was that and then it was he was gone poof kind of like Terrell Davis retired at the top of the game now I don't think Tim Linscombe retired at the top of his game but you know Mark Burley ah Bobby Abreu I don't think he's a hall of famer Todd Helton though I, I, I do think he would be and Tori Hunter, I think, also, who's on the list. And Andy Pettit, you know, you want to talk about guys in steroids. Andy Pettit took steroids, admitted to taking steroids, and I feel like people kind of forget that he took steroids. Yeah. He, he did it the right way. He came out, admitted he was flawed. Hey, I'm sorry. I did it, you know? And that's – think about that. That's all Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens had to do. Hey, we did it. Hey, 
Okay. All right. You admitted it. Yeah. We're not all perfect. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be bizarre 10 years from now, whenever David Ortiz, who is accused of the exact same things, you just, only thing they have David Ortiz and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens on is biogenesis. And David Ortiz, seven or eight years from now, is going to limp into the Hall of Fame. A-Rod's going to limp into the Hall of Fame. And Barry Bonds isn't going to be in there. And people are going to go, why? Well, because of a really stupid reason, actually. Yeah. You know, and, and this is like, I, I don't think that this is a very strong class either. Except for the fact that there's like the yeah, second the best. best baseball, pl- the best baseball player, not named Babe Ruth of all time on there. Guy yeah. with seven Cy Youngs. And the worst A-Rod part is we're has- sitting here knowing that he's probably not going to get elected. Yeah. Like I mean, that- this isn't going to be a strong Hall of Fame class. There is a very legitimate chance that Kurt Schilling is the only guy elected into the Hall of Fame. And he's the only one that I'm kind of looking at is actually getting 75%. Yeah. Right. I now. mean, because I like Scott Rowland. I really like Billy Wagner. I think both of them take steps. I think Roland will get in Edgar Martinez style at the end, but they're not going to be close this year. How many are you allowed to vote for? 10. All right. So who are your 10? All right. I'm, I'm just going to look at the list right now. Bonds, Clemens, Helton, Ortiz, A-Rod, Roland. So I'm not a hypocrite, and I am going solely based off of baseball qualifications. Schilling, Wagner. I don't need to do all 10. I'm good with eight. All right. I'm jotting mine down now. Okay. You, I thought you were taking those extra two. My no, friend. no, I'm not. I, I don't need Sosa in there. I don't need Manny Ramirez in there. Maybe Manny. Nah, I'm not feeling Manny. You got to play two ways, man. His defense was never good. Yeah. Um. So I got obviously I got Bonds, Clemens, Todd Helton, um, the real OG. I got Ryan Howard just because I think he was he was just so good for Philly. Um, he was fun to watch. And and let's think back to the time where the Pirates could have had him, but they thought that they had the next coming of Ryan Howard and Brad Eldred. And we see how that worked out for all parties involved. Um, I also like Wagner. Um, listen, Billy Wagner was so much fun to watch and he was the best closer in the game outside of Mariano Rivera. And I mean, those two both revolutionized the closer position. Um, so yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Well, those two, I, I like Torrey Hunter too. I think the way that he played the game, both on both sides, both defensively and offensively uh, were really good. Um, you know, I got to go with my, I don't, I don't like Kurt Schilling and it's not just because of what he's done off the field. I grew up a Yankees fan. So <laughs> I, he's the reason why I hate socks. I hate blood, everything. Uh, but I got to give credit where it's due for what he did with the diamondbacks. Um, and everywhere he but Boston. Um, so him, and then um, I like A-Rod. And I'm gonna, I, I really want to see Andy Pettit get in um, because if we're going to go character, he did it the right way. And the stats in the postseason back that up. All right. We're, we're going to talk more about this Hall of Fame as it comes along, as we near, because we're going to need some good 
some good lockout content <laughs> as we near. We'll, we'll dive in more in depth and give some passionate cases for why maybe some guys, some certain players here deserve Hall of Fame consideration later in the cycle. I think we covered our bases here early on now. We're going to take one more break. We got a little more show to come back to the podcast to be named later jared walkout's gonna start by the time we do our next podcast how are you going to spend your major league baseball work stoppage well that's a good question alex how are you gonna spend it i am going to spend it banging my head up against the wall wondering who who could have seen this coming from 2017 and how it could have possibly been avoided Okay, so if you're okay, so we, you and I are planning on hunkering down and, and really bunkering up here for the lockout just because we have nothing else better to do. Um, but let's talk. What would you want to see in the new CBA? What I would like to see in the new CBA is no games missed and everything starts on time. That's that's selfishly, that's selfishly my number one priority out of all of this is like, don't miss time. That's the one thing baseball has going for it right now. Like as bad as 2020 was and how they ended up botching so much of that. Don't miss games in 2022 because of it. Don't play another shortened season, especially one that is 100% in your control. Just play the season the right way. As, As for like, when free agency starts, if it's 29 and a half, if arbitration is going to be based on war, if there's going to be a giant pool, if there's going to be an international draft, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. I get it all. That's fine. No, just let's number one priority. Don't miss the season. Don't miss any season or spring training. Yeah. I don't think baseball's in a position where I can afford to do that. They have to play games. They have to get the season started on time. Um, I mean, they're not to me. Baseball is not doing a great job of marketing it. I mean, you years ago they put all those protective nettings down because people weren't paying attention behind the dugout. Um, baseball's done not has done a terrible job, I think, of marketing the game. Um, Rob Manfred even said that they don't really market it the way they're in, and that's just by design. I mean, to me, baseball is the best game. I mean, you you it's so much like life you get you you're faced with adversity every pitch whether it's gonna be a curveball fastball whatever you, you swing or miss you get the next one uh you, you strike out you go get them in the field you pitch you give up a bomb into the river and you come back and you give up another bomb um but i mean to me you ha- baseball can't afford a work stoppage they just can't um football locked out i think um you know, the way that they do the, the way that things happen. And, and you saw what happened with hockey when they had their lockout. Baseball can't afford to lose games. They just can't. You know, the shortened season in 2020, uh, last season, I thought they did a good job. Um, but you just, they just can't afford it. And, and to me, what I want to see, obviously, no games missed. I, they have to be better at, at, at marketing the game and, and building the brand of baseball because it is America's pastime. But too many times, you know, and this is kind of a social issue 
do we go out I and mean, how many times at games are people looking at their phones right i mean that's just kind of the way that it is it, it's a shame but that's kind of the nature of every game now everything is held up by their phones um so just go out and enjoy the game um and we say that as we type on our computers uh, throughout every game but you know it's just one of those situations but my thing is you know make baseball fun again, embrace the, embrace the home run trots, embrace the bat flips, because if I ever hit a ball into the Allegheny on a fly, even from five feet away from the river, I would be absolutely going bonkers. Um, so I get it, man. And celebrate that, you know, the, the Padres are fun to watch until they collapse, you know, once uh, Adam Frazier got there. Um, but you know, the Vlad, Vlad juniors and the Fernando Tatis juniors of the world, let them have fun, let them play the game and, and let there be emotion. The Ronald Acuna's of the world, let emotion is good. Um, you know, to an extent and passion for the game is good. Help it get to another, reach the next generation. And I think if, if they allow players to do that and embrace that, you know, I think baseball will be better because of it. I mean, you think about it, the, the LA angels, I understand Trout's been hurt quite a bit recently. They have, they have the the most intriguing player and probably the best player, you know, his first one's two way you know, in quite some time in, in Shohei Otani. And then our generation's best outfielder of all time and, and Mike Trout. And they play in LA. And I feel like on the East coast, we hear nothing about them because of their schedule or injuries or what have you embrace it, man. Market that. Like I would love to be able to watch Shohei Otani. Otani on a regular basis I get it I'd have to stay up late to watch it but man watching him pitch and watching him hit in the same game as an AL player that to me is baseball that to me is fun I'd also like just shout to be healthy and put it a yes. whole season yes that too that is also important you know what you could do listeners at home through Major League Baseball's lockout, you can listen to all the other five podcasts that we have here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network, wherever you find podcasts, wherever your preferred choice is, whether it's Stitcher or iTunes. Uh, I, I'm hearing that Enron's coming back with a, a podcasting form that you could get some, you know, you get your shows through. Well, if and listen, prefer. if we're going to sit through a lockout, we're also going to need content ideas. <laughs> so... <laughs> Feel free to come up with ideas. You can send them to Alex and I on Twitter. Um, but we thank you as always for listening to the Pirates podcast. Be named later on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. For Alex Stump, this has been Jared Prugar. We will catch you next week. Hopefully, only locked out of our houses, not locked out of a major league baseball. Season.